The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. not to give thanks for you, making mention of you we are in my prayer. 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh -huh, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Notice, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him. Now, when he's talking about the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowledge of him, He's not talking about the Holy Spirit. Alright? He's not talking about the Holy Spirit because you received the Holy Spirit once you believed in Jesus. Is that correct? Is that correct? Is that right? Now, so when he says, we give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, he's using that, he's talking about the character of wisdom. Amen. He's talking about the character of wisdom. He's talking about the op an operation of the spirit of God inside you. And he's calling that operation of the Spirit of God, all right, wisdom and revelation knowledge. So, when he says, may give unto you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in none of him. Now, what is this Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him going to do? 18 says, the eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened. Flooded with light. The word enlightened there is for tizo. It means to flood with light. Illumination. He says that you may know what is the hope of his calling, all right, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the what? In the saints. And 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So that means Paul is praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Then he now begins to elucidate what. Um, how will we know it when that prayer is being answered? Are you following? In that it now begins to mention the things, this spirit of wisdom and uh, um, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him will achieve. He's saying that you will know what is the hope of your calling, that you may know the, what, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and that you will know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe, according to what? The working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, all right, far above what? Principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And that put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So that means the opening of eyes that Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus to have was on the following things. Number one, was for them to know the hope of their calling. That's one. Number two, for them to know what? The riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. Number three, for them to know the exceeding greatness of power, all right, at work in the believer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number four, for them to understand the magnitude of that power at work in the believer, letting him know that it is resurrection power. Number five, for him to, for the believer to understand relationally what the resurrection from the dead did to the believer as it relates to principalities 
and powers hallelujah number five all right for him to understand glory to god amen that all of those principalities and powers glory to god that he has been lifted far above and now under what his feet very very important praise god they are now under what his feet very very important which means that when paul prays for opening of eyes all right and bringing in of understanding it is very clear what he wants them to have their eyes opened to understand praise the lord now i said that to say this okay if you back up to 18 um, to 17 he says that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that word revelation is unveiling apocalypsis in the epignosis of him now that's knowledge what knowledge is epignosis and what does epignosis mean epignosis means precise knowledge glory to god it means exact knowledge knowledge without ambiguity complete and full understanding of the subject matter that is important because um most times when the knowledge is not complete you now begin to find out that it is now possible for you to be tossed to and fro. Being driven by every wind of doctrine is usually the result of incomplete knowledge, glory to God, and knowledge that does not come with a full understanding. Because when knowledge comes with full understanding, it will now become impossible for you to be tossed to and fro because you are already rooted and grounded in that knowledge. Glory to God. If you turn to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. He says, and he gave some, verse 11. He says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now listen, he says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Okay? For the edifying of the body of Christ. Now he says, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the world knowledge of the son of god so that means the primary role and the primary function of the fivefold ministry gifts is to bring the body of christ or their local church where they are ministering into a unison into a unitary faith belief system hallelujah and bringing them into that unitary faith belief system is going to be by virtue of all right in-depth precise knowledge that is passed to their hearers so he uses till we um so for the perfection of says for the work of ministry for the entire body of christ and says till we all come in unity of the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god that word knowledge there again is epignosis epignosis means a precise accurate and complete knowledge a knowledge that is full has come to full understanding it is precise it is accurate it is full full knowledge full knowledge full knowledge glory to god full knowledge many times when we don't have full knowledge about the subject matter we believe rumors so for example many folks have been taught all their lives that there was an angel in heaven called lucifer praise god an angel in heaven called lucifer and they said that that lucifer was what was uh a head of the choir I many of you have heard that stuff before. He was the head of the choir in heaven. He was leading, he was the choir master. 
Then all of a sudden, as he was leading praise and worship, he was leading praise and worship, he was leading praise and worship, and some angels now say, Ah, Lucifer, man, you can sing. Ah, ah, man, ah, ah, you know. Then you now even have some folks that now, because of the teaching that Lucifer is Satan, you will now hear when they are casting out devils. They will say, Who are you? The guy will say, I am Lucifer. Have you heard that? I am Lucifer, son of the morning. <laughs> Praise God. That's how you know it's not a devil that is inside there. Praise God. So, let's now, I want to show you an example of having precise knowledge, accurate knowledge. Because it is when there's a fullness of understanding that you can now pass across that knowledge and you can be a what? An able disciple. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, let's just look at this Lucifer thing. No, it's Lambano. We are teaching you. It's Lambano. Go, you are saying, Pastor, you are supposed to. Ah, you have not gone to Lambano. Don't worry, it's Lambano. Praise God. Now, let us look at the Lucifer question. Okay? Isaiah 14. The Luciferian doctrine. Now, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Mm. Do you know something? All of us, we are all products of influence. And sometimes, even as a minister of God, you pick the good part of your influences and you pick the bad part of your influences. You make the right interpretation and you pick the what? The wrong interpretation. That is why every minister, every believer, you have a responsibility to yourself to go and check. Glory to God. You should go and what? If I, I'm coming and I'm giving the Greek word, you will say, Pastor, please, where are you checking this Greek word? I have a place I check it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I've checked and checked over many years that many times when I'm reading scriptures, I know it by mind. By, you understand? Sometimes my pastor will just come and say, hey, what Greek word? My pastor, we talk scriptures a lot. So he said, we're now looking at power. So he said, tell me the words in Greek for power. So I said, there's Iskus, there's Kratos, it's for mind. I know where it is because of study. You understand? I've studied the, this thing, you know, so I know where it is. But you have to check. Because someone can make mistake. Let me give an example of somebody that made mistake, you know, and I was like, I, I, I listened to a person teach, and I was like, ah, that's wrong, go. You know? Because the, he quoted the wrong Greek word. Now, if I didn't check it, I'd go and begin saying the same thing. And I'll be multiplying the same mistake. And that's what normally happens in the propagation of error. In error propagation, error is propagated when there is nobody who has heard the error, who has taken time to what? To go and check it out. For example, you have some folks say, be like the Berean Christians. How many of you have heard people say things like, be like the Berean Christians? But the funny thing was that the Berean guys, those guys were not Christians. They were Jews. Praise God. He said, these ones were more noble than the ones in Thessalonica. In that they were, after that Paul had expanded to them, they went to check those things to see if it was so. So they were Jews who were conversant what? With the um, writings of Moses and Paul had expounded Christ for Moses. So they went back to the scriptures and cross-checked everything he said. So it was after they cross-checked and they found out that he checked out that they now believed. So it was after they cross-checked, they became what? Christians. Their diligence in cross-checking was what led to them believing. Are you following? So they were not Berean Christians, they were Jews. Are you following? 
So you see, sometimes errors are error is propagated because of one person, one person, one person said that we didn't check out. Now look at Isaiah. Let's look at this Lucifer thing. Amen. Okay. Now look at verse twelve. It says, "How are thou falling from what? How are thou falling from what? Heaven? Are you there? Okay. How are thou falling from what? Heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning, how are thou cut down to the ground with this wicked what?" The nations. Now, first one. What is the one of the most important rule of Bible interpretation? The principle of what context? Everybody say context. Everybody say context. No shout it so if anybody is dozing beside the person wake up. Say context. Yes. Good. Now, what is context? Contextual interpretation of scripture. It means to read the pretext, read the word post text, and you bring it into what context. What is the pretext? The pretext are the scriptures before. What is the post-text? The post-text are the scriptures words after. So we will now be able to answer the question, is Isaiah 14 talking about a spirit? Is Isaiah 14 talking about a man? Who is he talking about? They will now check what the word Lucifer means. Praise God. Are we ready? I said, are we ready? All right, now let's look at it. Isaiah 14, let us read verses before. Now, it says from verse 1, are you ready? Let's get it together. 14.1. It says, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose what? Israel. And set them in their own land. And the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. The strangers are the Gentiles. This is the gospel. Two. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids, and they shall take them captives, whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. And verse 3, and it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest, give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou was to serve. That, listen, verse 4, that thou shalt take up this proverb. Everybody say proverb. So notice, it is now, it is a what? A proverb. Not, it didn't say thou shalt take forth this prophecy. It said thou shalt take forth this what? Proverb. So that means a proverb is a metaphorical statement, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh-huh. So that means we are speaking in proverbs and parables. Thou shalt take up this proverb against who? Against who? Against who? Against who? The king of Babylon. And say, how at the oppressor ceased? The golden city what? Ceased. The Lord had broken the staff of the wicked. And the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke. He that ruled the nations in anger is what? Persecuted and non hindered. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into what? Singing. So he's talking about the end of the rule of who? The king of who? Babylon. Good. He now said, The whole earth is at rest because this guy is down. And it's quiet. They break it forth into things singing. Eight. Yeah, the fair trees rejoice at thee. That is at the king of Babylon. And the cedars of Lebanon saying, Since thou art laid down, no fella is come up against what? Us. That means since, down they put, since you were put down, O king of Babylon, nobody has come to uproot us, the nation of Babylon, out of our place. We are at peace. We are at rest. A parable. In Acts verse 9, he said, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming, 
meaning that is telling us that the king of Babylon at what? Had died. Praise God. Praise God. All right. The king of Babylon had died. All right. He stirred up the dead for thee. Are you seeing that he has died now? Are you seeing that he has died now? He says, stir up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nation. Now, he says, all they shall speak and say unto thee. He now says, listen, he's saying in hell, notice it's a parable. Praise God. I don't even notice it's a parable. Amen. Uh -huh. It's a parable. Now, he says, in hell, all the kings of the earth, they will come to the king of Babylon that just joined them, and they will say to him, all they shall speak and say unto thee, Are thou also become weak as we? Are thou become like unto us? All right? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave. Grave means he died, right? And the noise of thy what? Vials. He now says, The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee, which means his body decays. Are you following? Aha. Uh -huh. His body what? Decayed. Okay? And the worms cover thee. Verse 12. How art thou fallen from what? Heaven. Now notice. What is he talking about? When he says, ah, thou calling from heaven. Which heaven is he referring to? Is he talking about the heaven of God? No. He's talking about heaven as a metaphor from a great height. Are you following? That means you were up there. Now you are down here. You were up there in prominence as a king. We couldn't touch you. Now you are like what? One of, one of us. Praise God. So it now says, How art thou fallen from heaven? O what? Lucifer, son of what? The morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did what? Weaken the nations. How did this king of Babylon weaken the nations? He weakened the nations through what? War. Is that not correct? War. Fighting them, you know. How has that fallen from who this what? Weaken the nations. Okay? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend where? Into heaven. That means I will be the biggest there is. I will exalt my throne above what? The stars of God. All right? I will also... Um, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sights of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to what? To hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see, that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this what? Is this what? Is this what? Is this what? The man that made the earth to tremble. That did shake what? Wilderness. That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. That opened not the house of his prisoners. All the kings of the nations, even all of them lying in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword, that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass, dead body, thrown under feet. Have you seen that? Are you seeing that? So, literally, who is being referred to? Who is being spoken to? A man. Amen? Amen. Now, let us now go back to verse 12. Let me also, let me shock you. Verse 12. Hmm. Read it again. How art thou falling from what? Heaven. Oh, what? Lucifer, son of the morning. Now, let me now give you one gist. 
The Bible was not originally written in English. How many of you know that? The Bible, Old Testament was written in what? In Hebrew. And the New Testament was written in what? Was written in what? In Greek. Now, what many people do not know is that before the Bible was translated into English, it was first of all translated into Latin. You know those in Domini Patris of Santos and Amen. Amen. Omni Santo Santos Espirito. Listen, that's Latin. Because um, the um, translations of the Bible were actually dependent on languages that were seen as the lingua franca. All right, that means the commonly accepted language in the world at the time. So um, after the period of Alexander the Great, okay, and because of the popu um, how popular Greek philosophy was, okay, Greek was seen as the language of the intellectuals and the language in which you should transmit a knowledge you wanted everybody to know about. Are you following? So if you wanted anything, any knowledge that should be universal that the whole world should know, it was in Greek. Because that was the language most people knew. You understand? But as time went on and the Roman kingdom began to grow in power, that changed from Greek to what? To Latin. So Jerome, all right, who was a priest around before the 1000 um, AD, all right, translated the Greek Septuagint, which was the Old Testament writing in Greek, and the New Testament writing, all right, he translated it into Latin. Now, that word, when he says, How art thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer? The word Lucifer in the Hebrew is the word Elel, that is H E H E Y L E L, Elel. All right. What does Elel, Elel mean? Elel means morning star. Morning star. That's what it means. Morning star or day star. You know this star, Christian Center? <laughs> you know that this star there? <laughs> Elel, Hebrew. Glory to God. Elel. That's what it means. In Hebrew, Elel. It means morning star or day star. Now let me explain what the day star is or the morning star is. Praise God. Now, um, at night, how many of you, I don't know how many of you grew up in places where sometimes you could sleep outside at night. How many of you grew up in places like that? When you were growing up, you could, you could sit down outside. Oh, everybody's sitting. You know, there was a time when we could sit down on the bench, we sit down or on a mat, and we could look into the sky. Now, all right, at around 3 a.m., 4 a.m., all right, just before dawn, usually, the day star is the star that shines brightest just before dawn. That is what is called the day star. Or they call morning star. It's called morning star because the ancients called it the star that was prominent before day dawn. So they called it the morning star, all right, or the star of the morning. Are you following? That was what the day star was. So the day star was the star that shined brightest just before dawn. Are you following? Are you following? So that's what the morning star is. Now listen. During the night, the morning star rises. When you talk about rises, means it appears. Meaning, it is not, we don't always see it. There is a time we see it, and where is we see it, it is the brightest star in the sky, praise God. And by the time it disappears, it still remains what? 
the brightest star in the sky. If you go and do your research, you find out that the ancients used to call that star Venus. That's what they used to call it, Venus. All right, but you know, they call you know, you know, um, this. so in the Hebrew they call that star Helel, they call it the day star or the morning star. Whereas in Latin, the morning star or the day star was called what? Lucifer. Glory to God. It was called what? Lucifer. That's light bearer. That's what it means. Lucifer. So that means at night, the star we see is the Lucifer. That is the star. That is what it is called. Okay? So Lucifer in Latin was not used to refer to Satan. It was used to refer to what? To a star. And in the scriptures, all right, Lucifer in Isaiah 14 is used as a metaphor to describe the sudden fall of the king of Babylon. Praise God. Praise God. So you remember we said that the day star is the star that shines brightest before the dawn. So the disappearance of the star is sudden. Uh, should I show you where the king of Babylon lost his place? Are you ready to see? Turn to Daniel. You cannot lambano if it is not clear. Without understanding, receiving is impossible. Look at your name and say, without understanding, receiving is impossible. Praise God. All right, let's look at this real quickly. Now, Daniel chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Belshazzar, the king, made a feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar. Who is Nebuchadnezzar? Who was Nebuchadnezzar? Who was Nebuchadnezzar? The king of what? Babylon. All right. Are taken out of the temple was in Jerusalem that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink there. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes and his wives and his cucumbines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. <laughs> in, the same in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loose, and his knees smote one against another. Seven. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of what? Babylon. Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about his neck, and shall be the third ruler, all right, in the kingdom. Let us just quickly go to when Daniel... All right, um, come. Verse 13. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake, on, spake and said unto Daniel, Are thou that Daniel which are of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I have even heard of thee that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found where? In thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But they should, could not show the interpretation of the thing. 16. And I have heard of thee, 
that thou canst make interpretation and dissolve doubts. Now, if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shall be the third ruler of the kingdom. I want you to see, see something here that the interpretation of the mystery to the king is a typology, all right, all right, to, um, uh, to a typology that shows us, all right, what the Spirit of God, all right, now does through the teaching ministry to the believer, in that the, um, the, the, the Spirit of God brings about interpretation of the secret and the mysteries in the Old Testament and shows us Christ, hallelujah, via the ministry of the Spirit. Praise God. So that we don't see things in um, writings we cannot understand. Notice the writings were on the wall. They could read it, but they did not what? Understand the mean, meaning. Are you following that? But a man who had the Spirit looked at the writing, all right? A man who, in whom the Spirit of God operated looked at the writing and could give you what? The interpretation thereof. And he was able to give it with precision and what? And accuracy. So we can therefore see that in, in the typology, the ministry of the Spirit was at work in Daniel, and that ministry of the Spirit, glory to God, is at work in us also. So what it, does this ministry of the Spirit at work in us uh, um, do is it does the same thing that it did in Daniel, in that it brings interpretation of what? Of the will of God in the writings of God, and it brings about that interpretation with precision and what? And accuracy. Glory to God. Amen? Now, then Daniel answered and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself. <laughs> he, he was annoyed. And give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, whom he, would he slew. And whom he would, he what? He kept what? Alive. And whom he would he set up, and whom he would he put down. But then his heart was what? His heart was what? His heart was what? Aha. His heart was lifted up, and his mind added where? In pride. Was the heart of the guy in Isaiah 14 lifted up? Come on, was his heart lifted up? Uh -huh. His heart was lifted up. He said that his heart was lifted up, and his mind added in pride. Was the guy in Isaiah 14 added in pride? So he said his heart was hiding in what? In pride. He now says he was what? Deposed from his kingly throne. Was the guy in Isaiah 14 deposed from his kingly throne? Uh-huh. And he was deposed from his what? His kingly throne. And they took his glory from him. Was the guy in Isaiah 14's glory taken from him? Uh-huh. So are you seeing it now? Uh-huh. And they took his glory. He was what from his kingly throne. And they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men. And his heart was made like what? The beast. And his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven. Till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men. And that he appointed over it whomever he will. Verse 22. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled what? Thy heart. Though thou knewest all this. Which means he followed in the footstep, alright, of his father. Alright. He now says, but as what? But as what? Lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. So the same issue of lifting up themselves against is what they are doing. Praise God. Remember that the king of Babylon in Isaiah 14, all right, um, uh, uh, in Isaiah 14, in the prophecy, he says that he was going to be like the most high. He's going to, you know, try to get them to worship. Now the question is, did Nebuchadnezzar do that? Did Nebuchadnezzar do that? The answer is yes. Remember he built the statue. 
All right? And said everybody should what? Should bow to it. Praise God. So he posited himself as what? As God. Glory to God. Now let's continue. He now says, And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thy heart, though thou knowest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. And they have brought the vessels of the, his house before thee. And thou and thy lords, thy wives and thy concubines, have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not nor hear nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and his, this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Mene, mene, take care of fasting. This is the interpretation of the thing. Glory to God. Now, my question is this. This mene take care of fasting, which language is it? Is it? Because if it was an earthly language, surely they would have interpreted it. And if it took a man with the spirit to interpret it, it therefore means that this is a typology of interpretation of what? Let's leave it there. Back. And move on. Amen, somebody? Mm -hmm. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God had numbered thy kingdom and did what? Finished it. Take care. Thou art weighed in the balances and had found what? Wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the what? Medes and what? Persians. Not one thing. At this point, Belshazzar and the kingdom of Babylon was at the top. The reason why they were celebrating was because of their success. So there was nothing to show that they were going to lose. It was not as though they were fighting war and they were losing. No. Nothing like that. Babylon was at the top. So like the day star, they were shining. Are you following? They were shining. They were the day star. They, they were shining. Hallelujah. Is anybody learning anything? No, is this, is this good stuff? Huh. As the day said, they were shining. And they said, 29, then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, and put a chain of gold around his neck, and made a proclamation saying so that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. 30, in that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, that's Babylon, slain. And Darius, the Midian, Midian took the kingdom being about 62 years old, which means all of a sudden, the day star went down. Are you following? Just as the day star all of a sudden disappears when morning comes. And you won't see the star again. So also, the day star Babylon. Phew. So that is why the day star is used as a metaphor. Are you following? So that you will understand how the king of Babylon will fall. Claire, he's not now saying that the day star is Lucifer, Lucifer. He said, no, the day star is a metaphor. Now, the question you now ask, why then was Lucifer there? He's the translators. Because what happened was, the King James Bible that many of us use, and which is the most popular Bible, was actually translated from the Latin Vulgate to English. Okay? So the Latin Vulgate was translated from the Greek, Septuagint, to English, um, to, to Latin. But the 
Greek guy and um, the King James guys, what they did was they used the Latin Vulgate as their primary, you know, source document to translate. Then they also now had the other English translations that had already been translated, so that they would just use them, you know. But the Latin Vulgate was a the source one because most of them could speak Latin. Praise God. So when they got to that part, because it says, "Our that falling O," in the in the Hebrew it says. Ah, that falling O, what do you call it? Lucifer. That word Lucifer in Hebrew is Elel, right? So now, that Elel is what? Morning star. So when you read it, it should, it should say, How has that falling? O morning star, son of what? The morning. So it looks like tautology, correct? Correct? When you say morning star, son of the morning. Morning star, son of the morning. Praise God. So it is like saying, Tell me the doctor, even the medical practitioner. Are you following? It sounds like you are saying what? The same thing. All right? If you say, Chioma, the prostitute, the lady of the night. Are you following? Are you following? So what they just look at, they said, why don't you? So what they just did was, they left the first morning star and left it in Latin. Whereas the remaining part, the what? Translated in what? In English. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? Now, let me now show you another place where morning star, day star appears in the New Testament. And in Latin Vulgate, the word used is Lucifer. Second Peter 1. Ah! God punishes the devil. I didn't get an amen. Are you his cousin? <laughs> Praise God. Eh? Listen, when you come to a church like this, oh, it's a blessing. How many of you agree it's a blessing? Don't come alone, invite your friends. Let them come and hear too. You understand? Right? Because the truth about it is this. Hey, if you know the amount of rubbish we believe, it's not new. I always say, folks, look, some of this is, they're not new. It's nothing, there's no new thing. It's in the book, it's in the Bible, it's there. It's there. It's not. It's there. We didn't invent anything. It's the Bible. Okay. Look at Second Peter chapter one. Now, remember, we talked about the day star falling. That means it disappears. It's brightest just before dawn. Right? Right? Huh. Now we are not going to talk about when the day star arises because. The day star arises at the peak, you know, when the night is thick. You understand? You know there's a time when night is night. Where you to, when you come outside, you'll be speaking in tongues for confidence. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you come out, you call Rababa, Katakaba, because some breeze will be blowing. How many of you, you know, at 2 a.m., you were watching a movie, they also, it just took light. Then rain wants to now fall. You now begin to hear, <laughs> you know, we say, no, so, you understand? That time, that thickness, that distance, the day star arises. You just see that star, it's always doing like this. It's a very, very bright star. You understand? So, in the astrology, usually in the old times, the astrologers used to call that star Venus. You understand? They had limited knowledge, but it was the day star you're talking about. 
So that's look at the second Peter chapter one. Look at my. I explained something one time, and the person said, Ah, Pastor Femi is a teacher. Don't come, don't, don't cost me. Don't limit my ministry. Hallelujah. How do you know I'm a teacher? Because I'm teaching. Let the Lord determine which one is our ministry. Before I now start taking teacher, the Lord said, I didn't call you a teacher. Glory to God. So let's just leave it at Femi, Pastor Femi is fine. Glory to God. Don't let us brand it anything. Let's all be there and join the world. Glory to God. Hmm. For now, say teachers don't prophesy, and me I prophesy. Hallelujah. Teachers don't see, they just come and teach, teach. But Jesus Christ was a teacher. And he was an apostle, he was a prophet. So don't let us call it anything. Amen. Just leave it. Just let's enjoy the word. Eh. Second Peter chapter number one. Hmm. Verse 19. Are you ready? Can we read? What does it say? We have also a more sure word of what? Prophecy. Hmm. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. That, that you take what? What does it mean to take heed? Oh, pay attention, right? Look out for. Take heed. Pay attention. Is that correct? So when I say take heed to the lady called Sandy, she has it, she's wearing a red dress. Praise God. So you look out for Sandy. Red dress. Boom. Lock and load. That's Sandy. Red dress. Take heed to that brother with a red turtleneck. Who is the brother with a red turtleneck? Then you take heed. Are you following? So pay attention. Mm -hmm. Now, let's read. He said, We also have also a small short of word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. As unto what? A light that shineth where? Are you seeing? Come on. Are you seeing this thing? As unto a light that what? Now, you know we talked about, talked about the day star, the morning star. Where does it shine the brightest? In darkness. A light that shineth where? In a dark place. Until what? Until what? The day dawn. And the day what? Star arises where? In your heart. Now, that word day star here in the Latin is Lucifer. In the Greek, is what? Phosphorus. So, brethren, is Lucifer is the devil. Peter is saying, until the devil arises in your heart. Can you see how stupid that is? Are you saying? There is nothing. There is no place in the Bible where Lucifer is Satan. There is nothing like that. Amen. There is like nothing. There is no place. Nothing. 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 So what is he saying here? Let's look at the context of 2 Peter 1.19. Let us now look at what is he saying. What is the meaning of what he's saying? Look at it. What is he saying? Verse 14. 2 Peter 1 and verse 14. He says, Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has what? Shown me. Which means that Jesus shows people, can show them before they go. Which means that when you are leaving this earth, you should not be surprised. Praise God. Now, all right. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always where in remembrance. 
He said, for we have not followed cunningly devised word fables. So that means if there is anything a man of God to hand over and pass over to his members and his disciples as inheritance, are a set of clear beliefs in the gospel. Not houses, cars, those things are fine. But it should be that after them, when you ask them concerning the gospel, the facts of the gospel, they were taught it and they understand it. Glory to God. Now, he now says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. Hallelujah. This is my word, beloved son. You know, now, Paul Peter is narrating a vision. A vision that only him and two others saw. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? So he's sharing an experience. So, so he's sharing an experience. He says, this is my beloved son, human well please. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard. Who is the we? Me, James, and John. When we were with him, where? In the Holy Mount. Were you with him in the Holy Mount? No. But look at what now says. 19. He now says, we have also a more sure word of what? So he is saying that we have a sure word of prophecy that is surer than the experience I've just narrated. So the reason why Christ is, Jesus is Christ, is not because of the vision we had in the mount. The reason why Christ, Jesus is Christ, is because of this sure word of, prophe- sure word of prophecy. Now let's continue. He now says, all right, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that he take it. Take it to what? Take it to what? The sure word of prophecy. As unto what? A light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. 20. About the sure word of prophecy. 20 says, knowing this first, that no what? Prophecy of the scripture is of any what? Private what? Interpretation. For the prophet. Now notice, what is the sure word of prophecy? It is the prophecy of the word scripture. That is Old Testament writing. Is this clear? So that means he's saying that the Old Testament writings and the prophecies of Christ in the Old Testament are a more sure word of prophecy than the transfiguration. That your faith should be based on what? What was written. Not the experiences we narrated. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Aha. So he's saying, meditate on what was written, that sure word of prophecy, until the light about who Christ is that they were talking about arises in your heart like the day star arises. There. There. Yeah. So Lucifer, it's not Satan, no. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So when you see someone saying, who are you? Come out of her. Who are you? I am Lucifer. Let me tell you what has happened. That person has sat under wrong teaching for a long time. So, because they are in a deliverance setting and they want to be delivered. Amen. And they've seen that everybody that was delivered, they said something. Praise God. So when you are in such a place, you will say something. Don't worry. Because you want to be delivered. So, maybe a lady is looking for a child. 
and the husband has been told by different prophets that the woman has some scorn. You understand? And he says, it's a woman. Because most times, whenever there's a problem in a marriage, it's woman we blame. Have you noticed that? Thing? You know, I mean, not me, we, you know, the, the, the world. Blame the woman. The woman is the one that has a problem. The man is fine. Very fine. It's the woman that has a problem. So, she now goes there. She wants to save her marriage. So, they, they are dead. They are desperate. So, remember, I've seen one that they will lay, they lay around the woman like, yeah, the man now say, so normally the who are you is what makes them start talking. So before the who are you, nobody is saying anything. They're just holding like this. Who are you? I am coast, queen of the coast. What have you done to her? I've destroyed her life. Don't be talking, talking, talking. So many times, God help you if that is where you are getting your theology from. May God help you. Never listen to me. And I'll say this just once today. God does not use devils to teach his children doctrine. Let me say it again. God does not use devils to teach his children doctrine. So I remember this time a minister was casting out devils and he was interviewing the devil. And that devil was talking about attachment, trouser. And saying all this that we use trouser wearing to enter their life. We use attachment to enter their life. We use earring to enter their life. You understand? You see, brethren. Amen. I mean, come on, man. Amen. You are anointed of the Holy One. You are to receive teaching from what? That anointing of the Holy One. He has placed gifts. Pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists. I didn't see demon possessed there. Glory to God. I said glory to God. When the devils are talking, you cast the devil out and get the demon, formerly demon possessed, to sit down and be taught God's word. What we don't do is to be taking stupid notes because somebody is manifesting a demon and say, Oh, you see, brethren, I don't wear attachment. Hear what that demon possessed person said. That's the secret of the kingdom. We don't get secret of the kingdom from demons when they are manifesting. We get the secret of the kingdom from the word. What is the truth about the demonic world? Satan has been defeated. That is the truth. What is the truth about the demonic world? The church is far above what? Principalities and what? And powers. What is the truth about the demonic world? Behold, I give unto you what? Authority over what? Serpents and scorpions and over all the ability of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemy means what? Okay. Not secret of. You see, you see, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a strong uh, principality underwater. There's one in Creek Road. There's, mm, come on, come on, come on, come on. No, 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 don't come and put fear here. Perfect love casted out what? Fear. We, our faith is in what Christ has done, and we ride strong in faith, knowing we have the victory over the money forces. Praise God. I said, praise God. So, it is so important for us to have precise knowledge when it comes to receiving. If you don't have understanding, receiving will be hard. Hallelujah. Receiving will be hard. Why? Because we have an adversary to contend with. If there is no understanding of who that adversary is, what he can and cannot do, if there is no understanding of who you are in Christ and what you can do because of who you are in Christ, then receiving will be hard for you. 
And let me close with this. How many of you have ever entered into a room? Anyway, those of us in Africa, we can relate to that there was no light in the room. Praise the Lord. How many of you have gone to, you, you, you mean in Africa, there's no light in the room? Then you were looking for something. And how many of you did something like, sometimes I've done that too. I'll do this. Are you blind? What's the problem? What's the problem? There's no light where? In the room. So if I say, take, can you take? You'll be doing like this. You'll be stumbling in the beat to take. What is the problem? Light. The moment light enters that room, taking is easy. The moment light enters that room, uh, when they ask you, what is this? You say it's a bottle of water. But when there's darkness, what is it? I can't really see. Is it? Is it a cup of? Is it cup of vidu milk? You understand? Why? Because there's no light. But when there's light in the room, you can be precise. Glory to God. You can be what? Accurate. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So let me tell you something. As we continue this journey on Lambano, understand this most important thing, and is that. In your walk with God, when it comes to asking and receiving, the foundation of successful asking and receiving is light. Light, clarity and understanding. Knowledge that is not ambiguous. When the knowledge is ambiguous, what will happen is your receiving will be circumstantial. You will now find out that, oh, God did it two years ago. Um, I've not seen that kind of... Um, Results again. What happened was that probably you were relying on somebody's faith. You went for a program. There was prophecy. People declared stuff. And things happened. You got a miracle. But you yourself do not know how to work a miracle. Because you don't have an understanding of the processes and the systems in God to command and see the supernatural. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So that's why light is the foundation. Light is the foundation. Have you learned anything today? Have you learned anything today? Lift up your hands and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let us bless His name. Oh, glory to God. Man takabara has to rahasti. Rababasi tokobrahadilekritusia. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. I want you to begin to pray for light. And say, Father. Open my eyes to see wondrous things from your word. Open your mouth and begin to open my eyes to see wondrous things from your word. Illuminate my heart. Illuminate my heart. Flood my heart with light. Light. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Light. 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 Oh, Rabakata Light. Mandala You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.